introduction. Welcome to Episode Epiphanies, a podcast where two friends with very different tastes in TV shows make each other watch the pilot episodes of their favorite shows in the hopes of making the other person have an epiphany and start to watch something that they normally wouldn't watch. My name is Natasha, and I pretty much only watch cartoon shows. My name is Jessica, and I pretty much only watch live-action dramas. And this week, I made Jesse watch a cartoon called Steven Universe, um, which I feel like is pretty well known if you are a person who knows cartoons. Um, but did you know much about it uh, before I made you watch it, Jesse? I knew some stuff from you, mm-hmm. and I feel like I've been told more about it than I actually remember. But like, <laughs> I knew they were gemstones who were like aliens from other planets. I know they can like merge into like. A super gemstone. <laughs> I don't think that's what they call it, but... No, um, but that's a thing. <laughs> that's a thing that can happen. I knew that Steven was, like, part human, part gemstone, and that he had a human father, and then his mom was a gemstone. I'm pretty sure I knew that all of the gemstones were girls, and that mm-hmm. them merging is romantic so it's pretty gay <laughs> i knew all of that you know quite a bit i feel like that you you know the gist the premise yeah i've been watching it it started in 2013 although i think the like sort of initial pilot i think that one maybe came out a little bit before 2013 i remember watching that when it came out and then sort of watching steven universe as it was coming out it's definitely sort of in the same like people who worked on Steven Universe worked on Adventure Time, and it's in that same sort of, like... It's a lot less scary. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, though, because, um, so there's an episode, I, it, I looked it up, and I think it's actually episode, like, six or something, but mm-hmm. I thought it was the pilot. I kind of mixed it up with the pilot, and it's, it's, like, about Steven, like, shape-shifting into, like, a bunch of cats, and it's, like, very weird <laughs> and kind of disturbing, and I thought that that was the pilot, and I was like, oh, Jesse's gonna hate this, but then it <laughs> wasn't the pilot, and I was like, oh, okay, she got, like, some kind of normal episode, it's actually normal, the beginning is actually more normal than I remembered, so you, like, avoided the stuff that I think you would hate. That's good, that's not promising for <laughs> the future of the show, but... I'm glad I didn't have to watch Centaur World and then immediately watch something I would also hate. I mean, you might not. I was curious to see what you would think of it, but it ended up not being the pilot, so. I mixed up the cookie cat in this with the cats from that. There's a couple different Mm. cat episodes, I guess. Um, It seems to be very cat-heavy on cat motifs. mm Mm-hmm. You haven't even really gotten to the lion motifs yet. There's a lot of lion content in this show. Good. Strong. On that note, uh, do you want to talk about... So we watched the first two episodes, because this is a show that has, like, 11-minute episodes that when they aired on TV, they would air, like, two episodes at a time. So we watched, like, one and two. Um, Do you want to talk about what happens in in episode one and two? I do. So episode one, for a while, I was, like, convinced I was not watching the right thing. Oh, no! (laughs) Because I was, like... This can't be the first episode of this show. This explains <laughs> absolutely fucking nothing. Um, but then I was like, it is one of those shows that the episodes are only like 11 minutes long. They probably aren't expecting you to have watched it like pilot to end. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I feel like yeah. it was made in a way that if you caught a couple random episodes, you'd be fine. 
Yeah, it is one of those shows where later on it gets a lot more plot heavy. And mm-hmm. I think if you wanted to really appreciate it, you need to like watch the whole thing from the beginning. But it definitely started out as one of those shows where it's just like each episode is pretty much standalone. You just catch whatever episode you catch. It was airing on Cartoon Network. It was aimed at kids. It was definitely the kind of thing that was like, if a kid turns on the TV and catches an episode of it, they know what's happening. So yeah, the pilot does establish some stuff, but definitely isn't like, this is our plot establishing pilot. It's very much like, this is a standalone episode. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So anyways, it starts with Steven. He's in this like convenience store and he's complaining that they no longer sell these ice cream bars called Cookie Cats. And Lars, who's the guy who works there, is like, well, you just need to buy Lion Liquors instead because they're no longer making Cookie Cats. They don't exist. And he's like, why don't you just use your magic belly button to make Cookie Cats? And Steven's (laughs) like, it doesn't work like that. And for some reason, I did not expect this show to just, like, have completely normalized the fact that Steven has gemstone powers to the point where the random kid in the convenience store would know that. Yeah. So I was like, okay, apparently this is where we are now. That's fine. Yeah. The lady behind the counter offers to give him the, like, freezer that the Cookie Cats used to be in that has, like, a little cat on top of it. And Steven's like, yeah, absolutely. And he carries home this freezer on his back, Mm -hmm. which is wild. (laughs) It's a small freezer. (laughs) It is, but it's still an appliance. (laughs) Yeah. It would still be the equivalent of trying to carry home, like, a mini fridge. Yeah, or like a microwave maybe, but like still Mm -hmm. pretty, (laughs) pretty big. Anyways, he goes into his house and he's screaming that they didn't have his ice cream and, but his house is being attacked by these like centipede monsters. Mm -hmm. So they're full, (laughs) it's full of monsters and (laughs) these three gems are fighting the monsters and yeah, they're killing things. At this point, I was like, he's being raised by the gems. I was like, did I know that? Maybe. But I was like, this is weird. Mm -hmm. Uh, So anyways, the gems kill all the centipedes. And there's like, well, there has to be a mother centipede somewhere. But they don't uh, find or care about that for the next ten minutes. (laughs) And... They get distracted by the importance of the cookie ice cream. So anyways, Steven... um, goes into the freezer and the gems found a bunch of this cookie cat ice cream and they bought it for him so the whole freezer is full of it and he sings the little cookie cat theme song and then he eats one and his gem starts to glow and he panics because he can't control it and he doesn't know what to do and all of the gems are like oh my god it's glowing but like be calm but like try to summon your weapon but like totally fine if you can't because it's new to you and the gem goes out because that's obviously a ton of pressure mm-hmm. so he asks one of them how how to summon his power and pearl's like i'm gonna teach you and we're gonna do it through this pedal dance and she does a very like zen master thing of like this is how you hone your power mm-hmm. and after that we cut to steven 
throwing petals in the air outside a donut shop and Amethyst is like, did Pearl tell you the stupid petal thing? <laughs> because what I do is my weapon is just like there when I need it and I don't try at all and I just have my weapon and it's there and it's done. <laughs> and I don't know why she thinks that's helpful, but that was her advice. Amethyst is not that good at being helpful. <laughs> no. So then Steven goes to Garnet and he's like, so I've been told I have to try really, really hard. And then I've been told not to try at all. So do I have to do both of those things at once? And Garnet's just like, yes. <laughs> or you would connect your mind to the whole entire universe and all of its cosmos at once. That's what I do. And this is the moment that Garnet became my favorite because there's something really fucking funny about this like bubbly bright kids show where everyone's like just a little bit over the top in the way that like all kids cartoons are and there's this one character that's just deadpanning everything like she has this very robotic voice and everything out of her mouth is just straight deadpan and every it just it gets me Garnet is an amazing character for that exact reason she's so like She's so unique for a show like this, I feel like. She really stands out. She really is, and it's very funny to just be like, you're in the middle of this terrible cartoon thing, and then Garnet's just like, yes, and you're like, okay. I love Garnet. And Steven's like, well, none of that's working, so I think I should just recreate what happened before my last, like, the last time I gem glowed. We'll do that. And... That's actually real logic, unlike everything else the adults have come up with. <laughs> he's smart. He's a smart kid. So he goes through some of it, and he's sad, and he's like, maybe I'm not a real crystal gem. And they're like, no, of course you are. You're one of us. And then he eats some ice cream, and he summons a shield. And his shield, like, ping-pongs around the room and destroys something. But they're all like, yay, you can summon your weapon now. <laughs> Um, and then the mother centipede attacks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they're all like, stay inside, Steven. But Steven's like, no, now I can summon a weapon. Like, obviously, I'm not staying inside, which, <laughs> fair enough. And the gems get trapped behind a rock. It's like a rock, but it looks like a hand, which was confusing. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you noticed, but the, the temple that they live in is in the shape of like a giant woman. And there's like multiple hands. Like, it has like six hands or something that are like around the temple. So one of the hands is kind of like half under the sand and that's what they're behind. It's like part of the temple. Ah, uh, and they ruin it. So yeah, then it does get ruined. And now I'm, I was actually, when I was watching that, I was very curious. I was like, I don't like, I wonder if that hand that's part of the temple is just gone for the rest of the show. Like if it actually gets destroyed in this episode or if it's just like back. And I don't remember because it's kind of like a minor detail about the, like, I feel like you'd really have to be paying attention to the like, geography of the temple to notice yeah. if it's gone or not, but I'm really curious that they just are like, yeah, this part of the temple is just gone now. They just destroyed part of the temple. Fun. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> uh, so they all hide behind this part of the temple, and Stephen hits the centipede with a rock to distract it, and then he eats his ice cream, so he's like, mm -hmm. I'm gonna have my shield, I'm gonna eat my ice cream, and nothing happens. Uh, so he has to run. And he eats even more ice cream in a panic, but it doesn't work. And Garnet distracts the centipede um, by yelling, but the centipede breaks the fridge. And Steven's like, oh my god, my fridge. <laughs> he has a little cookie cat freezer. Yeah, he's so angry. He lobs it at the mother centipede, who's electrocuted. And I just kind of thought it was dead because it's being electrocuted, mm -hmm. and, but then the gems step in to kill it. So 
No. No, it wasn't dead. <laughs> Electrocution's not enough to kill a magical crystal being. I guess. But it seems weird. <laughs> it seems like the whole thing was Steven being like, I'm sad because I can't fight because I don't... I can't summon my magical weapon. And then he manages to fight and, like, quote-unquote win with this thing that isn't his magical weapon. And then... For some reason, the moral of the story isn't that you you don't have to be magic to fight because the magic things still kill it. Yeah. <laughs> it was weird. Anyways, so gems kill the thing and Steven, like, buries his little cookie cat fridge and he's crying and they're all like, oh, you'll learn how to activate your powers someday. Like, we don't need to rush this. Um, and he's like, no, I just ate too much ice cream. I have stomach ache. And they all laugh and the episode ends. Yep. Yep. I do feel like that, that's interesting. Like, the message of the episode is not so much like, you don't need magic. It's more like the magic is kind of like a metaphor for, like, growing up or or, or getting more mature or learning things or whatever. And the message is like, you don't need to, like, rush that. But not so much that, like, you can just win the day. And also, in terms of, like, the plot, I think the idea is, like, it would be too... Too OP for Steven to be able to kill a monster right away in episode one. <laughs> he needs to power scale a bit. Which, like, that lesson makes sense. And that, mm-hmm. and I get where you're coming from there. But they specifically tell Steven at the start of the episode that he can't save the world with him, with them, because he can't manifest his weapon. Yeah, he's a little kid. He can't go do dangerous stuff until he can defend himself. I don't know, it's interesting. It's, like, a different... I Like, that didn't stand out to me as, like, that was, like, like the message of it. <laughs> the But, like, it's not even that it wasn't the message of it. It's that mm-hmm. it's plotted in a way where that should be the message because he manages to electrocute this thing with the fridge and then they still need to save him. It's weird. It's a weird <laughs> climax. <laughs> interesting. That's... And I Like, I totally get what you mean, but, like, to me... I don't know. It didn't, like, it would have felt, I mean, it would have still been okay if he defeated it, but it would have been like, oh, like, he already, he can already defeat the bad guy in episode one. Like, where is he going to go from here? But everyone can defeat the bad guy in episode one. That's how Monster of the Week works. I guess. (laughs) I also just, like, didn't, it didn't, like, stand out to me as, like, he, like, he, because he still did something, right? Like, they wouldn't have been able to... Yes, but it's weird because they, he does it and it electrocutes Mm -hmm. and they have this, like, big flashy moment of showing the thing being electrocuted where you're like, oh, it's dying, the climax is going down, and then the gems burst through the rock and save the day, which just sends the climax up again, which doesn't make sense. Huh. I, I, I get what you're saying. I, I didn't, like, view it that way, but I... I can see that, too. It's weird. <laughs> okay. The next episode. Uh, so Stephen and Amethyst are going to this closed fry shop uh, to get the little bits of fries that are left at the end of the day. And the guy's like, I could give you full fries. And Stephen's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're walking away with their fry bits. And Stephen is like, I really love sunset. It's my favorite time because, like, the sun sets and then another second hotter sun rises. And Amethyst is like, what? (laughs) And then looks up and is like, oh, fuck, that's not a sun. Oh, damn. So they go to see Pearl and Garnet. 
And Pearl and Garnet are like, obviously we're on it because we weren't like fucking around getting fries. <laughs> um, and they're all like, it's a red eye and we need a special weapon uh, that only Rose Quartz had to save it. And the thing is, before the point where they're talking about it as a red eye, like when you see it with Steven and Amethyst, it kind of mm-hmm. looks like a hamster wheel. And I was like, <laughs> are there going to be giant hamsters attacking? And I 100% thought that's where this was going, but it wasn't. No, no giant hamsters, <laughs> but that's very funny. <laughs> so it's a red eye and they need the special weapon only Rose Quartz had. And Rose Quartz is Steven's mom. And he's like, well, if it was my mom's, then my dad probably has it. And they're like, yeah, no, no one's going to give a big, powerful weapon to your dad. That, no. Poor Greg. And it really comes off until you see Greg. Like, Stephen has never met his dad because all of the gems are like, mm, well, your dad, you see your dad, he's kind of a mess. And then he's with Greg and it feels like he has definitely met Greg. But for oh, yeah. a while there, I was like, this 10-year-old has never met his dad or his mom and is just living with these three women who have gemstones. And we're all just like, that's cool. He's definitely met his dad. They He, he thinks his dad is very cool. The gems uh, think his dad is less cool. I think they're just trying to politely say... Your dad is not as cool and competent as you think he is, Steven. No, it definitely has it. Uh, Garnet's like, we can handle this without your dad. And she just throws Amethyst <laughs> at this thing. Um, and Amethyst plunks into the water. So Steven goes to see his dad. Um, and I saw this van and I was like, why does that van look so familiar? And then I remembered it was your phone case for like ever. I was curious if you would recognize that. Yes, I had a Greg Universe van uh, phone case for many years until I got a new phone and it didn't fit the phone anymore. So anyway, Steven goes <laughs> to see his dad. And his dad is like this guy whose head is bald, but he has very long hair in the back. He has like a mullet if the front of a mullet could be a bald head. Yeah, in like a he's balding way, not in a like he shaved his head. Yes, and also has a mullet, which I guess could also be a look. Yeah, I guess. Um, and he's like sunburned, and he's in a wife beater, and he lives in this van at the car wash. Mm -hmm. And Stephen's like, I need this weapon that was mom's, and his dad is like, Well, I'm actually really not supposed to get involved in this magic stuff, so I probably don't have it. And Stephen's like, no, you have to have it. And Greg's like, okay, well, if it's anywhere, it's probably my storage shed. So they go into the storage shed. Um, it's packed full of shit. Mm-hmm. So Stephen makes like a makeshift little headlamp and he goes crawling in there to search for the weapon. And he finds a bunch of other stuff that he thinks is the weapon. One of which is like a golf club bag. So this kid has never seen a golf club bag in his fucking life. <laughs> Uh, then he thinks it's a drum, and we learned that his dad used to be a musician, and that's how he met, not a good musician, by the way, (laughs) um, and that's how he met his mom, um, and she gave up her physical form to have Steven, Mm -hmm. which, wild. Like, I just, pregnancy is enough of, like, a thing to go through to have a baby, The idea Mm -hmm. that you would literally have to be like, to have this baby, I'm going to cease to exist. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a lot. It is a lot. (laughs) 
it's kind of a major plot point because it's a lot. So anyway, Stephen finds the cannon. The weapon is a cannon. It's like a huge-ass cannon. Mm-hmm. Um, and they use the van to pull it out of the storage shed, and they pull fucking everything else out of the storage <laughs> shed at the same time. Poor Greg is going to have to put that all back. The cannon is way too big to fit in this van. Mm-hmm. Um, so naturally, they're like, it'll fit in this tiny child's wagon, which, <laughs> okay, um, and it, it doesn't, because it's a child's wagon, and <laughs> then the wagon, like, collapses, but they're like, eh, that's fine, and then they just drag this wagon behind the van as, like, a makeshift trailer, which, like, zero possibility that works, but okay, uh, it's a very powerful cannon, you know, it's not gonna get too damaged from a little road burn. <laughs> really worried about the cannon as much as I am that I'm pretty sure the weight limits of those wagons are like maybe 50 pounds (laughs) and it seems like an incredibly fucking heavy cannon (laughs) fair and anyway so they're driving off and the red eye is getting bigger and bigger and everything's getting redder and redder Um, but the van is super slow, so Steven's like, well, let's put in my dad's CD, and his dad's like, well, you've heard my songs before. Steven's like, well, it's your songs. And his dad's all like, aw, my son loves me, and it's very cute. Uh, so they get the gems, the cannons, and now, like, everything is straight up red. And clearly it's going bad, and -hmm. shit's going down. (laughs) And they don't know how to use this cannon. They're like, it was Rose Quartz's cannon. Like, I don't know how to use it. She was always the one who used it. So they put Steven against it. They're like, Steven has her gem. So we're going to use Steven to make this cannon work. And that doesn't do anything. Also, this looks like a very fucking normal cannon. Mm-hmm. So the fact that, like, not even the literal human is, like, maybe we just, like, light the back of it because it's a cannon. Light it with what, though? There's not, like, a fuse on it. Just anything. <laughs> it's just a smooth piece of metal or, or whatever material. Just set it on fire. <laughs> just light the whole thing on fire? Yeah. That probably works. I don't think that's how cannons work. <laughs> I think that is how cannons work, and I'm not uh, I'm not willing to be debated on it. That's how cannons right. work. You light the whole thing on fire. Just the and whole sort of just like, the whole thing on fire. You don't need to load it or anything, you just no. light the whole thing on fire and it just explodes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. To be fair, a lot of things that. would explode if you lit them on fire. I mean I guess if there was gunpowder in it. And you lit the whole thing on fire and it got hot enough, like, it might just explode. I don't... Yeah. But I don't think there's gunpowder in this cannon. Well, whose fault is that? Mm. (laughs) And anyways, all episode long they've been saying this line that's like, if every pork chop was perfect, we wouldn't have hot dogs, which, like, I don't think that's how hot dogs work. (laughs) But they keep saying that. It's how Greg thinks hot dogs work. But hot dogs are just, like, all of the shit that they don't want to put in other meat. They're not just, like, bad (laughs) pork chops that weren't pretty. That's, uh, you know, it's a metaphor. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, Steven says this now while he's hugging the cannon. And the cannon, like, glows and it unfurls into, like, a rose. And it just flops over because it's so heavy. So Steven and all of the gems have to hold it up and aim it at the eye so that it fires and it destroys the red eye. 
um, which causes a bunch of rocks to fall everywhere and destroy a bunch of stuff, which is actually very funny. <laughs> they don't just save the day. They also fuck up some shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're like, oh, we saved most of the city. Um, <laughs> you know, they did their best. And the ocean kind of comes back, and the ocean steals the van, and Steven's like, the oh, ocean the steals van. the van. The ocean steals the van. And Steven's <laughs> just like, oh, it's just a van, and his dad's like, I fucking live there. So they <laughs> run out into the water, and then it ends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's Steven's universe. I love the phrasing, the ocean steals the van. Not like, there's a big wave, or, or it's not really a wave, but like, the tide goes, <laughs> but the ocean itself, like, sentiently steals the van. Yes. I like it. I feel like everything else is passive voice, and the only way to make it active voice is if the ocean steals the van. Yeah, I love it. Um, yeah, that's what happens in the first two episodes of Steven Universe. Um, what did you think? What are your thoughts? It was a show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was very bright. I liked Garnet more than I expected to. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't understand why Steven was singing in the first episode, and I was like, is this another musical? That's wild. It's interesting. It's not really, like, a musical. Like, not the way Centaur World was, where, like, everyone's singing multiple songs every episode. But, like, I would say, I don't think every episode, but, like, it's not uncommon for there to be a song in an episode. Like, in these first two episodes, there was the Cookie Cat song, and then there was Greg's song in the second episode. Um, it's like music is a theme in this show, but I wouldn't call it like a musical show. Yeah, it's very much there's music in it in the way that all like mid 2000s teen dramas were also kind of concerts for bands <laughs> no one knew about. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Which is a fucking wild thing TV did for a while there. It's true. So anyways, um, yeah, there were some songs, there was some stuff, there were some characters. <laughs> yep. It was pretty easy to tell their names, which was good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Most of them are just whatever gem they are. It wasn't psychologically scarring. Yeah, good time overall. Won't have nightmares about it. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad that after Centaur World you had one that wasn't, wasn't emotionally scarring. Yeah, it wasn't a nightmare hell of my own brain's creation. (laughs) Anyways, do you want to tell me what you think happens in the rest of Steven Universe? I think that for a while it's a little Monster of the Weeky, and then Mm -hmm. it gets like a plot, and there's a whole (laughs) plot about how something is attacking Earth or wants to destroy Earth. Or something space-like. Or something wants to attack the planet the gems are from, which I assume is not Earth. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely something to do with the temple they live in, because they mentioned that the centipedes were trying to get into the temple, probably. So there's something in the temple that's, like, super important that probably mm-hmm. Steven needs to use at some point. Or wield, or destroy, or (laughs) another verb. Mm -hmm. And I assume Steven eventually gets use of his power and can actually make his little shield and use it properly. And at some point, some gems merge and become a 
different gem. Because mm-hmm. um, that's also how gems work. And mm-hmm. <laughs> in real life. <laughs> yeah. Famously in real life, you can just squish two gems together and make another gem. Yeah. It works all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why jewelry stores are, like, so paranoid about having all their different gems in different cabinets. <laughs> Like, oh no, if I put my diamond next to my ruby, who knows what I'll create. Yeah, exactly. I know there's, like, some big overarching plot. I don't remember Mm -hmm. what it is. I do think Rose Quartz gave up her life to have her kid, not just to have a kid. Because it seems wild to give up your life to have a kid you're just, like, never gonna meet. Mm -hmm. Like, that seems insane. On just so many levels. I could Mm -hmm. analyze that for fucking ever. So I really hope that there's, like, a bigger reason that for some reason there was, like, a prophecy or something that said there would be, like, a half-human, half-gem kid who needed to, like, do something or save something, and Rose Quartz was in love with Greg and wanted Greg to have the kid and was like, you take care of him, and maybe she was also already dying... I just think the fucking essay you could write on, like, gender stereotypes, if there isn't a bigger reason behind that, is so disturbing that I hope I can't (laughs) write that essay. I think Pearl falls in love with a gem. I think I know that. Um, Um, No? Kind. Kind. Yes and no. I'll I'll tell you after. And I think... Depending on how much spoilers you want. And I think that, um, I think Greg hooks up with Lars because that's, (laughs) that's my crack ship. Um, I don't, it's not clear in this episode. Lars is definitely, like, maybe 16. No, I I knew that. (laughs) I was just making a joke. Okay. I didn't mean to Um, be creepy. (laughs) No, uh, Greg and Lars do not fall in love. Although Lars is an important character, and and he does fall in love with someone, but not Greg. (laughs) Good. I'm glad Lars finds love. That's all I cared about, actually, for two whole episodes, even though we met him for ten seconds. (laughs) Um, yeah, any other thoughts? Anything else you think? No, that's my whole prediction. That's the whole show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, kind of. Um, I guess before I I answer any of that, are you going to keep watching this show? I'm not. (laughs) I didn't think so. It didn't seem like something you were going to keep watching. I would, like, this is one of those where it's, like, if it was on and I was, like, in a room doing something else and I was, Mm -hmm. like, with you, that would be fine. Mm -hmm. But, like, I'm not going to sit and watch it and it that be the only thing I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was necessarily a thing. I also do think that um, the first few episodes, probably, like, the first, I don't know, first half of the first season or whatever, like, because it is, it does very much, like you said, like, it starts out very much as a Monster of the Week thing. It is just kind of, like, you know, silly, fun, whatever. I feel like it's hard to tell if it's the kind of show that you would care about spending a lot of time on until you get to the plot more. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's just, it's just like a kind of, it is like designed to be like a kid's show that you just turn on and you watch or whatever until it gets more plotty. I I still didn't think it was necessarily your your kind of thing. It's also kind of long. It's like four or five seasons. And this is like back in the day when seasons were actually long. So there's like 
over a hundred episodes easily. But because it's so long, it does end up getting a very cool plot. And then there's also a movie that came out after it ended. And then there's a series called Steven Universe Future, which is essentially like another season that's set after the movie that's like set like two or three, three years after the end of the show or something, like a little bit in the future. Okay. But anyways, if you're not going to watch it, um, I can spoil a little bit of stuff. So if you are someone who wants to watch Steven Universe and you don't want spoilers... Stop listening and go watch TV Universe and come back, I guess. Because um, I will spoil some stuff because there Pause are some big this plot podcast. Go watch yeah. like seven seasons and a yeah. movie yeah. and then come back <laughs> and listen to the rest of this. You can't listen to any other podcast until you're done. You just have to keep this one paused on your phone. Yep. If you're going to go do that, um, pause now. Bye. We'll see you again in like a few months when you've <laughs> watched all of Steven Universe. So bye-bye. You can do it pretty quick. I got through 12 seasons of Bones in like two weeks. Like if you're oh. mentally ill right. enough and don't want to sleep, you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, two weeks then. See you in two weeks. You, you can come back before we even post our next episode. Yeah, bye. I have total faith in you. <laughs> Okay, so for everyone who's still here because they either have already watched Steven Universe or they don't care about spoilers. Um, or you just unpause this episode. Welcome back. We've missed well, you. Well, that, yes. Welcome back. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed watching all of Steven Universe. Hope you had a good time. Um, I don't know. It's not like we don't do this every episode. <laughs> every once in a while, you do get, like, really, like, scared of the spoilers you're about to get. I feel like it also depends on the type of show. Because, like, some shows I feel like it's kind of like, eh, you could probably predict what was going to happen after watching the pilot. Like, with Centaur World, I was like, meh, you kind of mm. called it. <laughs> like, when you gave your summary, you pretty much already called it. But I feel like Steven Universe does have some big yeah. twists that if you care about the plot, it is cool to go in and not know the twists. Yeah, and then my arcane summary was also spot on. About yes, like the Jason Silco romance. Jason Silco falling. A hundred percent, you got it. <laughs> what actually happens in Steven Universe? Is there a reason that his mom had him? That's not. I wanted a child. I was never gonna meet. Uh, yes, not really the way. So, like, there. As far as unless there's something I've forgotten about, which I don't think there is. I don't think there's like any kind of like prophecy about him or anything where Rose is like, I need to create this child. It's more so it, the plot. Okay, so <laughs> you were right that like it starts out kind of more monster of the week. It's like these three gems and they're raising Stephen and they all have powers and Stephen has powers from his mom and they're kind of teaching him how to use his powers and they're fighting monsters and stuff that are trying to attack humanity. And then as the show goes on, you learn that um so gems are actually like their selves are just the gem and their bodies are like projections of light that they can create mm -hmm. and they can like change and stuff um but they all there are definitely some more feminine than others but they all present like feminine body shapes essentially and use like she her pronouns and stuff um which is interesting because like people have like talked about this and been like well why do the aliens why are they all women and um the creator is kind of just like why not <laughs> like oh they're aliens why shouldn't they just look like women and be women um which is kind of a fun counter to the sort of like male being the default a lot of the time yeah in in things so they just they just all look like women just for fun um but anyways, 
What was I saying? <laughs> Got so off track. Okay, so it's kind of like a monster of the week thing. Then you start as the seasons go to kind of like find out about the plot. So basically, there is a gem homeworld that's just I think just called homeworld that's all populated by these like gem aliens, and they are like a conquering race, and they go around and basically destroy planets and then like seed gems in those planets to like grow more gems and that's how they like grow more soldiers and more like gems in other planets and it like destroys the planets and destroys all life on those planets and that's like what they do they go through the universe doing that um (laughs) so this show just got really fucking disturbing really fast but go on yeah it goes to dark places so that was happening to earth then so the 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 leaders of the gem world are called the diamonds And the diamonds had sent a bunch of, like, their soldiers and stuff to Earth. Um, And this was, like, hundreds or thousands of years ago. Uh, I think thousands of years, like, long, long ago. Um, And Earth was supposed to get destroyed and turned into a kindergarten, which is, like, where they put the the gems to, like, grow new gems, basically. Um, And Rose Quartz was a soldier because, like, the quartzes are kind of, like, there's, like, different, depending on what type of gem you are, you, like, serve a different role in society. Um, And quartzes are usually, like, soldiers. And uh, Rose Quartz ended up, like, leading a rebellion against, like, Homeworld and the gems being like, hey, because she kind of came to Earth and at first she was, like, a soldier and then she realized, like, life on Earth is beautiful and we maybe we shouldn't destroy all life on this planet. <laughs> and she became a real, like, lover of nature and plants and, and animals and people and whatever. Um, so she led a rebellion and then um, Pearl and Amethyst and Garnet ended up joining her they all have kind of their own backstories and they came from different places, but she was like the figurehead of this rebellion and they ended up saving earth and then earth was saved from being destroyed. And this was that happened like thousands of years ago. And then the gems just kind of lived on earth and they were separate from the homeworld. And, and I don't quite remember if like how that went down, like why the diamonds weren't coming back. Maybe they thought that earth got destroyed, but it didn't, or they were scared to come. I don't quite remember why, but anyways, this happened long ago and earth has been like, safe basically and then like a thousand years later or whatever after the gems like just existed throughout history just like vibing around earth and like protecting it from intergalactic threats rose meets greg and falls in love with him and she in her sort of like love of humanity and nature and the world she's like i want to like create a life (laughs) like i want to create a human life and she ends up like essentially dying to do this And a lot of the characters have very complicated feelings about this because they're like, you chose to die, basically, to create this life. And she was like, yeah, I want to do that. And she's a really complicated character because they end up finding out other things about her. And like she, Mm. at first she's kind of, they all consider her like, she's so amazing. And she was our leader and she loved humanity and whatever. And then like you end up finding out that she was like quite a flawed person in a lot of ways. But anyways, so her like reason is that she wanted to create this life. Mm-hmm. But, like, thematically, it has a lot to do with, like, her motivations and, like, yeah, I don't know. You you definitely could analyze what that says about, you know, the role of being a mother and, no, you should want to have kids. But I feel like the show itself addresses that in a lot of ways. Like, it's not just sort of an assumption, like, well, she was a woman and she wanted to have a kid, just like all women. That's normal. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so she died for it. Yeah, so um, I I think it's a really interesting part of her story and part of this character. That's good. So the other thing you said, you think Pearl falls in love. Pearl was in love with Rose Quartz. Beautiful. 
for just a thousand years. And Rose was very, like, flighty. The other thing about Rose, too, is Rose was very, like, I'm going to do whatever. And, like, I she just changes her mind and she does whatever she wants to do and doesn't seem to quite like understand other people's feelings and stuff. And so she like loved Pearl. She's like, Oh, Pearl's great. But she didn't like realize how much Pearl was in love with her. And then how much it broke Pearl's heart that Rose fell in love with Greg so quickly after like a thousand years, she just meets this guy. She's like, I'm in love with him and I'm going to have a kid and I'm going to die for this kid. And so Pearl has (laughs) this like very complicated relationship with Steven where she's like, I love you because I'm kind of like your aunt or your parent and, and you're a child and I care about yeah. you. But also, like, the love of my life died to create you and I'm not okay with that. Yeah, that's completely fair. Yeah. Pearl is also a very compelling character. She has a very complicated relationship with Steven. She has a complicated relationship with Greg. Yeah. Because she's like, this is Steven's dad and Rose loved him, but also he took Rose from me both romantically and literally because she died, but also it wasn't really Greg's fault. It's not like Greg was like, you need to do this. It was like Rose's choice. Yeah, it's very interesting. I can't imagine in Greg's position knowing that would kill her and being like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I also don't remember... I don't remember if Greg knew that it would kill her. Okay, fair. uh, He might have. I truly don't remember if he knew. If he did know, I'm sure he was not, like, cool with it. (laughs) But I also think that maybe he didn't know or didn't quite realize. Because, again, like, she's an alien. Like, he doesn't know how this works. (laughs) Fair enough. Mm -hmm. And so the other thing that has to do with Rose, because Rose is a very big part of the story, is that, so, throughout the season, they find out, like, Rose led this rebellion, and she was amazing, and and she saved Earth, and all this. And Steven's like, oh my god, like, I have to live up to her expectations, because... She was this incredible person, and also she died to create me, so I have to make that, like, worth it, so I have to be this, like, hero. Um, And then they end up finding out, so she was actually one of the diamonds, so she was Pink Diamond. And so they at one point think that she killed Pink Diamond. They're like, one of the diamonds, one of the four leaders, was killed by Rose Quartz as part of her rebellion, and then it turns out she she was Pink Diamond, she faked her own death, became this, like, fake person Rose Quartz because she basically was like, I don't want to be a diamond anymore. I want to just go do something new. I'm going to, like, start this whole rebellion. I'm not going to tell anybody who I was. Like, she did horrible things as a diamond and then just was like, I'm going to reinvent myself and I'm going to start this rebellion and and whatever. (laughs) Um, And so then, like, there's a lot of complicated feelings about that. (laughs) I am obsessed with her, kind of. (laughs) She's an incredible character, especially for a character who is never alive yeah. in the show. But her whole existence is, like, so tied to what happens in the show and how everyone feels about it. I love that. I would read the shit out of a novel about that. Yeah. Yeah, and then, I mean, there's a lot of other things happening. Like, they meet other gems. So initially, like, the only gems that are on Earth are, are these three, Amethyst, Pearl, and Garnet, and they haven't seen other gems for millennia because they were the only ones left after the rebellion and who stayed on earth but then um they end up finding a gem who's uh, lapis lazuli and like she was like damaged or, or trapped or something on earth and then she like wakes up and i think she ends up like leaving and summoning the diamonds or like contacting the diamonds somehow and the diamonds sort of become aware of earth again and so then this this like war um, with, like, the diamonds and stuff and Homeworld trying to destroy Earth. 
like sort of starts up again. And so then like other gens end up coming and some become allies and some are enemies. And, and at the end of the series, Steven ends up like going to this uh, gem homeworld and meeting the diamonds and becoming this like mediator between like the humans and the diamonds, because he's like, my mother was one of you and you all miss her. Cause you thought she was dead Mm-hmm. Because they are kind of the gems are the diamonds are kind of like a family, and um, Pink Diamond was the youngest, so she was almost like the daughter kind yeah. of to them. So they're like, our daughter died, and then they find out that our daughter didn't die. She faked her death and pretended to be the woman we thought killed our daughter. And so, anyways, they have complicated feelings about Pink Diamond, but then they're like, oh, Stephen's gonna be our new Pink Diamond, and he's like, it's that's not exactly the case either. <laughs> Poor kid. Yeah. So the yeah, the, and then there's um. Also, fusion. You mentioned fusion. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a big thing in Steven Universe is that two or more gems can fuse together into another gem. And usually this is done temporarily. Like, they, they do, you know, like, for one fight or one thing and then they split again. And it makes them, like, a bigger, stronger gem. So, like, the more gems fuse, the bigger gem they become. And that is a really interesting thing because not only is it interesting in terms of the story, like it's a cool thing. Like, oh, like you essentially like make new characters out of the characters and they are like a separate person from the people who formed them, but they're kind of like have some elements of both person, but they're also their own separate person. And it becomes a really interesting thing in the show of like wanting to see different characters fuse and what kind of person they become and what that means. And then also the fusion is kind of like a metaphor for relationships not always romantic relationships. It Mm -hmm. also very much differs on like who's fusing what that relationship represents for them. For some characters, it is very much romantic. For some, it's more family. For some, it's more just like friends. Um, But it always like carries like a weight of like having meaning something about their relationship. And even in in some cases, it's like ends up representing like a toxic relationship, like people who um, are like forced, forcing someone to fuse with them and like what that means. So it ends up becoming a really interesting story device yeah. that gets used throughout the show to represent different things. Um, and also, fun fact about Garnet, Garnet is a fusion. Oh. Which we did not, because when the story starts, you don't know about fusion. Then you find out about fusion, but you still, like, no one has mentioned that Garnet is a fusion. And so I remember when I was watching Steven Universe as it came out, mm-hmm. I remember slowly seeing this, like, theory pop up online, like, what if Garnet is a fusion? Because Garnet has two gems. She has one on each palm. and But since we had seen so few gem characters at this point, people didn't know, like... Is that just normal? Do some people have multiple gems in their body? But we've seen like when people fuse, they have like each of their gems is somewhere on their body. So maybe she's two people, um, but we weren't sure. And then at like towards the end of season one, it's like revealed that she's actually two gems who have basically chosen to live as one gem most of the time. Later on, you do see them split up sometimes. They kind of like also become their own people. But for the most part, they're, it's, it's Ruby and Sapphire, the two mm-hmm. gems. Um, they fuse. And the other thing about fusion is on Homeworld, you only fuse with gems of the same type. Because on Homeworld, there's like, there's a thousand rose quartzes and they're all the same and they're all soldiers and they don't really get to have individual personalities. And they infusing a bunch of rose quartzes together just makes a bigger, stronger rose quartz. But it's like forbidden in their society to fuse different types of gems because that's yeah. considered like deviant. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> And so Ruby and Sapphire are very different. Like Ruby's like more of a fighter and she's like, has a job. And then Sapphire is like sort of an, a higher class of, of gem. And she's like a, a, um, like a psychic kind of. And then they meet and they end up fusing and they end up realizing like, we really like who we are as 
this fused person. And so that's who Garnet is, but she's technically a fusion, which was just a very interesting thing about her character that was like slowly revealed. Yeah, I think that's all the things I had notes about. Um, Again, there is a lot of plot stuff that happens, but... That's wild. um, That's like the main (laughs) arc of it. Well, that does sound very interesting and cool. (laughs) I will give it that. (laughs) It is. I think it is. I really enjoy it. I think it's a very well-written show with cool characters. Just cool ideas. Yeah. Um... But just to move on with our next question, do you want to guess who my favorite character is? Um, have we met your favorite character? Yes. Yes. Um, my favorite character is Garnet. <laughs> Garnet is amazing. I do love Garnet. And I, I think do. as like a as like a compelling character, I would say Garnet and Rose are probably two of the most like compelling characters in the whole show. But just in terms of my own characters, I think are fun. I feel like I should know this and I feel like I'm going to get it wrong. (laughs) I feel like it is kind of predictable, but also like you maybe, you didn't see a ton of the characters in this show. So in this, these two episodes, so it might be hard to know them well. So I won't blame you if you don't get it. What is Tasha's type? Uh, your whole friendship will be ruined if I don't get it. I, you know how many times I've guessed your favorite characters wrong in shows. It's okay if you get it wrong. Um, your favorite character. It's not like a trick question or something. It is. It's a trick question. It's not. It's just just truly one one of the main characters you met in this episode. Your favorite character is. Probably. Mm, Steven. <laughs> no. Pearl. No. Um, Greg. No. Amethyst. Yes. Uh, it's Amethyst. I love Amethyst. Um, again, like, I feel like she didn't get to do a ton in these two episodes other than, like... No. She was just kind of there. But I love Amethyst because a type of character I love a lot is a character who's kind of a comic relief character, but you end up finding out throughout the story that they have a lot of, like, deep-seated self-worth issues <laughs> that they're kind of covering up with humor. Um, whenever there's a character like that in a show, I usually really like that character, and that's very much what Amethyst is. She is, like, the goofy one of the three gems. Um, she's also the youngest. You end up finding out later that she wasn't even really part of the rebellion. She was kind of born later. She she was a gem from the kindergarten that was like seated on earth and then was born later and kind of joined the crystal gems later. And she is kind of like personality wise a bit younger than Garnet and Pearl. And she has a lot of feelings of being like inadequate and um, not being like a fully formed gem and not having the same experiences as, as the other gems. Um, but she's also like silly and a lot more like laid back than like Pearl and Garnet. Um, and I just really like her. I think she's funny and fun. And I think that her like sort of character arc of like accepting herself and trying to like hide all those issues with humor is very compelling. And also she's my birthstone, (laughs) (laughs) which is not why I like her, but I do think it's funny that my birthstone is amethyst and she's my favorite. And I think that's cute. (laughs) My birthstone is diamond, which doesn't bode well for me in the show. Um, no, the diamonds are kind of like the big bads. If we use birthstones in this show the way we use the Zodiac for Homestuck, I feel like that's bad. <laughs> the 
diamonds do end up getting like a redemption arc kind of, which actually ended up being like a very big point of contention in the fandom. Cause a lot of people were like, they're the evil ones who did all this like horrible, like colonizing of planets. They shouldn't get redemption arcs. But like, it's also like, this is a show about like, it's a children's show about love and friendship. <laughs> it would be kind of weird to be like these diamonds who not only represent like the big bads of the show, but also represent like, in some ways, Steven's family that he was estranged from when his mom did all this crazy shit. It, like, makes sense that there's this, like, arc of yeah redemption. I don't know. I think it's well done. They do get kind of a redemption arc, but they are definitely, like, the big bads for a lot of the series. <laughs> Especially White Diamond, who is, like, the head of the diamonds. She's the the most powerful. And then there's yellow and blue who are like kind of below her. And then pink diamond was like the youngest who they kind of all babied. Um, Oh, and the other thing I made a note about was (laughs) Lars finding love. (laughs) I guess I'll ask my favorite ship. And then I'll also mention uh, Lars's story. Garnet in herself is a ship. Garnet in herself is a ship. Ruby and Sapphire literally have a wedding. I love that. Uh, there's an episode where they get married. And it was also like one of those things where like, because this was in the era where like they were starting to be allowed to show queer characters on cartoons, but not at first. Like when mm-hmm. in 2013 you couldn't, but like by 2019 you kind of could. But like in the middle there, they were trying to get this like episode where Ruby and Sapphire have a wedding. <laughs> and Cartoon Network was like, you can't do that. But then they did end up doing it. And it's very cute and very good. But they are not not my favorite ship. Um, have I met everyone in your favorite ship? So I have two, I wrote two favorite ships down. One that I think is very cute and one that I think is very compelling. The compelling one, you could guess. The cute one, you have not met one of the characters, so I'll um, just tell you it. The compelling one is Pearl and Greg because it's really funny to me that your lover would dump you for this guy and then kill herself <laughs> to have this guy's baby and then you would fall in love with that guy. <laughs> That would be an insane ship. Um, <laughs> Pearl and Greg do not fall in love. Pearl and Greg have a very interesting evolution of their relationship, but they do not fall in love. Dang. That's all I care about. <laughs> um, but you were kind of right, because the one that I... My favorite sort of most compelling ship is Pearl and Rose. That's fair. Because the other thing about Pearl and Rose is that Pearls, their kind of, like, role in society is to be, like, servants, basically. Like, Pearls are servants. And Pearl is Rose's servant. Mm-hmm. And if I remember correctly, Pearl was Rose's servant when Rose was Pink Diamond. And then when Rose faked her death and pretended to be Rose, she... I don't remember if she erased Pearl's memory or if she, like, forbid Pearl from revealing the information to anyone. It was one of the two. But she, like, controlled Pearl in some way because she, as Pearl's, like, master, was basically able to do this so that Pearl could not... Either couldn't remember or couldn't share that she knew that Rose Quartz was Pink Diamond. But even as Rose Quartz, Pearl was, like, kind of her servant, but she was less of a servant and more she was, like, her knight or her, like, squire or something, Mm -hmm. kind of, as in the Rebellion. But Pearl essentially, like, served Rose. But Rose was very much when she, like, decided to, like, lead this Rebellion and blah, 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 was like, we need to, like, do away with, like, the roles of the gem world and whatever. So Pearl very much, like, idolized Rose and was like, Rose is, like, breaking us free of this, like society and whatever and I'm no longer the servant but like she is kind of Rose's servant and Rose like very much manipulated her and like 
So they have a very interesting relationship. And Pearl is still in love with her and still has feelings about this and they, like clouds her relationship with Stephen and Greg. But like also the more she learns about what Rose has done, like the complicates that. I don't know. I think Pearl and Rose's relationship is maybe not healthy, but it's certainly very compelling. That is totally fair. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't I have guessed? Um, so the relationship that I just think is very cute and I really like is Stephen has a friend named Connie. She's just mm-hmm. a human girl, just a normal human girl, no magic. Um, and in like the early seasons, they're just friends and then they like kind of fall in love um, and they end up fusing. So Stephen confused with humans because he's part gem, part human. Um, I don't believe that the gems confuse with humans. I'm pretty sure they can't. I don't think that ever happens. But... Steven confused with both gems and humans. Like he also fuses with his dad at one point, but he fuses with with Connie and they sort of make this this third person named Stevani who like has kind of their own personality and there are like certain episodes that are kind of about like Stevani. But yeah, Steven and Connie have a very interesting and compelling relationship and Connie ends up kind of like becoming involved in all of this and she kind of wants to like be Steven's like protector or like mm-hmm. knight kind of. And she in some ways wants to like follow in Pearl's footsteps because Pearl was kind of like Rose's protector and Connie's like, I'm going to be like Steven's protector. And then like, there's like parallels between like their relationship with Rose and Pearl and like also kind of realizing like where Rose and Pearl was maybe not healthy and Steven and Connie like handling this in a better way. So they just end up having a very interesting relationship throughout. Like I think a lot of the time when there's just like a kid's show where like this girl and this boy kind of like each other, it can be kind of lame. Yeah. <laughs> but I think their relationship is just so compelling. Um, and in Steven Universe Future, mm-hmm. when they're like 16 or something, they're like 16 or 17, Connie is like going to go away to college and Steven is freaking out about it. And he's like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life and whatever. So he's like, I'm going to ask Connie to marry me. <laughs> And we're just going to get married and then we're going to fuse because Garnet's married and she's fused and that's what marriage is. And we'll just go to college together as Stefani and this will be normal and fine. And he proposes to Connie and she's like, no, that's not a healthy, we're not going to do that. Yeah, that's a a what the fuck for sure. Yeah. Um, And then they like work through their issues and Stephen's like, yeah, okay, maybe that wasn't a great suggestion. Maybe we're like 16 and we should just kind of like live our lives and not fuse into a third person that we'll just be for the rest of our lives as a metaphor for marriage. (laughs) I I liked that like kind of that thread continues even into like a more grown up plot line um, about like, where's our relationship going now that we're going off to college? And they're cute. <laughs> and Connie's cool. It's also very funny, because when you think about it, on, like, the abstract alien terms of, like, Ruby and Sapphire has fused into Garnet, and most of the time they're Garnet. Mm-hmm. That feels fine. But as soon mm-hmm. as you're like, Stephen and Connie fuse forever as marriage, I'm like, oh, nope, nope, we don't like that. That's, mm-hmm. no, not that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not that nope, for sure. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep, for sure, definitely, and that kind of, kind of gets highlighted in that episode. Connie's like, uh, no, absolutely not, we're not going to do that. I was going to mention Lars. <laughs> but, so Lars and Sadie, who's the other, the girl who works at the mm-hmm. donut shop with him, they're, they have like a whole relationship arc throughout the series. Um, Lars is kind of an asshole. <laughs> like, his character type is kind of like the, the asshole guy. Yeah. Um, and Sadie's kind of, like, really sweet. But anyways, they end up, like, going through every, like, 
like Sadie likes Lars and then and he doesn't care and then they end up dating and then they end up like breaking up and then Lars ends up going to space and, and dies and gets brought back to life and all this crazy magic stuff happens to him. And then at the very end they are not they don't end up together. Um but they are very much like they're technically background I mean not background characters, they're like side characters, mm-hmm. but they also have sort of their like relationship arc is like kind of an important plot thread or side story in in Steven Universe. So that's I thought wild. I would mention it because you you mentioned Lars. Um, and they're kind of like famously those two characters apparently were like the creators. So this show was created by um, Rebecca Sugar. These two characters, Lars and Sadie, were like two characters that they like had been like kind of been their like little OCs for like years before they ever even made Steven Universe. So it's kind <laughs> of like these two side characters are like almost like a little Easter egg of this this creator's like OCs that they they been thinking about for a really long time and then end up becoming like kind of important side characters in the story which is cute but yes favorite character favorite ship uh the last question is we've kind of talked about some of this already but um canon gay characters or canon queer characters in this story all just all of them yeah <laughs> i mean not all of them but like not yes steven and not steven's dad but in theory everyone else <laughs> in theory everyone else Yes. Again, because all the gems are essentially women or female presenting, any relationship between the gems is gay. Um, yes. I guess not. I guess by like gem standards, it's. But by human standards, by human it's standards, gay. it's gay. By gem standards, they have one gender, so there's no yeah. such thing as being gay or straight. They have one gender. I guess the like. The gem standard is that relationships between gems of different types is, like, forbidden. So that's almost, like... Class status than it is sexuality. It it kind of is class, but again, it's even, like, two gems that are of essentially the same class. Mm -hmm. Like, it's still... Okay. If you're not the same type. But, and also, like, yeah, these kinds of, like, relationships between different gems and stuff is very much like something that they kind of like discover on earth and like, isn't something that they do or is okay in the gem homeworld. So there's definitely like, kind of like a metaphor for queer relationships there. But in human terms, Ruby and Sapphire, AKA Garnet, very much a canon couple of two female characters. Um, Rose and Pearl are are arguably canon. Like Pearl was 100% in love with Rose. Rose was kind of doing whatever, but like, yes, their relationship is is two women. Um, there are other like gems that kind of have relationships in the background, and again, they're all women. Um, the other thing that's interesting is Stevani. So again, Stevani is technically Stephen and Connie, but is also kind of their own character. Yeah, and they use they them pronouns, and also very specifically. I don't think necessarily in the show, but in like supplementary official materials is referred to as intersex. Like this is an intersex person, which is interesting because I don't know if there's any other cartoon characters I know of where they're like, this canon character is canonically intersex yeah, um, and uses they and them pronouns. So Sidvani. And then in Steven Universe Future, there's a character. So Sadie and Lars don't end up together. Sadie ends up with a person named Shep who uses they, them pronouns. And they're not in it a ton, but they're in it at the end. And so Shep is non-binary and Sadie is 
in a queer relationship with a non-binary person. Um, so there's just, there's a lot of queer characters and especially as the story went on and it became more like, you're allowed to show more queer characters on TV. There was more canonically queer characters in Steven Universe, but it's very much like a queer show. And like the creator is non-binary, I believe. And um, it's very like intentionally is a show about like queer relationships and queer people and stuff. So That's good. I like it. It's a thing. <laughs> Cool. And it's also a show where 90% of the characters are female, which is not common. Wild. <laughs> Very uncommon, actually, I would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is, like, obviously one of the things that Steven Universe is kind of, like, referencing or pulling from is, like, magical girl animes. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of the, like, gems, like, fusions and, and when they pull out their weapons and stuff is kind of, like, reminiscent of, like, magical girl transformations and stuff. So it is pulling from one of the few genres where there are a lot of female characters. Um, but in terms of, like, Western cartoons, I don't know of very many that have so many female characters. Even Western live-action shows, it mm-hmm. skews male or is very purposefully half-female, half-male. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also interesting that Steven Universe is... So many female characters, but I wouldn't say that the target audience is girls. And in fact, I think when when they first started the show, very specifically, the like target audience that like Cartoon Network was going for or whatever was like eight to twelve year old boys mm-hmm. was like the the demographic. Um, obviously, it's not just yeah, that's not the only person who's watching it. But like, I think when there is a show that like has a lot of female characters, it's usually like this is a girls show. But like, it wasn't necessarily aimed at girls. Um, which is interesting. It is. It is. I mean, that's also your title character being male. Mm-hmm. I think that's all I really had to say about Steven Universe. Yeah. I think it's a very cool show. Watching this made me want to watch it all over again. Do it. Um, so what are we going to watch next now that we've watched Steven Universe? We are going to watch something that has <laughs> yep. a show in it that has people in uh, it. Uh-huh. And there will it has be- a show in it? Yes. Wouldn't that be something? That's actually not hard, is it? I mean, we already watched, uh, what was it called? Uh, Reboot? Reboot. That was a show about a show. That was a show about a show. We watched Dawson's Creek, which ends with them making Dawson's Creek as a show. Right. Uh-huh. Um, we could watch Seinfeld. That has them making Seinfeld as a show in it. Anyways, I have, I have three choices for you. My first uh-huh. one is what I told you I was going to make you watch last time, and I don't know if we recorded that or if that was just a conversation we had, and I don't know uh-huh. if you remember it. Um, I don't know if I do. And then the second one is we're going old school, and uh-huh. the third one is um, something that I mentioned today that I'm now like, I kind of want to watch that. Okay, so the options are something you told me about in the past Mm -hmm. that I don't remember, something old school, or something that you just thought of. No, something I mentioned to you today that you probably also don't remember. Uh, I feel like, yeah, you mentioned Bones. Is that what you're... No. Although we could watch Bones, but I... We've already done a cop drama, so we've done every (laughs) cop drama. <laughs> They're all exactly the same. <laughs> Do you want to give me like one word one for each word. of these that you think kind of like sums it up or like is like a theme or, or something? Just one word per show, and then I'll pick the one that sounds most interesting based on that. <laughs> okay. The first show 
Uh-huh. I'm gonna have to use the word basketball. Okay, interesting. The second show, I'm gonna say airplanes. Okay. The third show, I'm gonna say university. Oh, um, I'm really intrigued by basketball. Because I'm, I, this can't be what this is because I don't know of any show like this. But I, all I can think is like, is it just a show about a basketball team? Yeah. No, it's not. Well, kind okay. of, maybe. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to go with basketball. I'm intrigued. And also, if you mentioned it last week and this week, then it, you must, or last week, last episode. So the actual good thing about this show is I have verification from someone who's watched it recently that the pilot episode is fine and there's nothing in it that's, like, overtly problematic. Oh, good. Which <laughs> I was a little worried about. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna watch One Tree Hill. Oh, okay. I don't know really anything about this, except I've heard the name. It's a teen drama and okay. there's a basketball team in it. Uh-huh. And this is not the one about the aliens? No. What's the one about the aliens? <laughs> There's a show that you've talked about, and for some reason I kind of thought it was One Tree Hill, but it's clearly not, about, like, a family of aliens? And one of them is, like, a he, he's, like, in the body of a child, but he's actually, like, an old man. Third Rock from the Sun? Yes. <laughs> We're not going to watch Third Rock from the Sun because watching Third Rock from the Sun is like talking to your 13-year-old cousin who just discovered sex jokes exist for like 20 minutes straight without a parent there to tell them to shut up. That is such a vivid description. (laughs) Anyways, we're not watching that. We're watching One Tree Hill, which is a drama about... Two half-brothers who hate Uh each other, and also Mm -hmm. they're exactly the same age. They are Mm -hmm. half-brothers, which I guess is possible. Mm. One Tree Hill is both from the era of teen dramas, where every episode is also a concert. Oh, classic. And from the era of teen dramas, where they are plotted the way cop shows are, in that... (laughs) There is a very specific and obvious villain of the season. (laughs) Interesting. All right. Well, I don't know why I thought that this was the same thing as Third Rock from the Sun. Me either. But all right, we should wrap this up. Okay. Thank you guys for listening to our Steven Universe episode. You can email us at episodepiphanies at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at epiphaniespod. You can rate us on iTunes, give us five stars, and we will tell you what gem we are going to fuse with, because that's easy. Sure, yeah. Tell you what kind of fusion you're going to make. I even just said something that's completely relevant and that I don't need to not cut eight minutes of nonsense to have said. Yeah, that was like such an on-topic review offer. Usually we're like... Usually we're like, give us a review and we won't sell pictures of your feet online. (laughs) And then I cut like 20 minutes of us somehow making that relevant to something. (laughs) Anyways, you obviously get 
all of them and totally know what I'm talking about when I make the ones that totally don't make any sense. And you also were <laughs> able to parse the sentence, which made a lot of sense, because you, dear listener, are smarter than both of us combined. It's true. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.